welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I begin with an observation that certainly Paul to the Romans had it right. The word is near you. And to that I add, so to your temptations. The word is near you, so to your temptations. In fact, I begin with a question. Have you ever had the experience, uh, an experience wherein the anxiety associated with the anticipation of that experience or the not knowing or perhaps trying to understand something not ready yet to be understood actually in the end proved more disturbing to you than the problem itself. I have. Okay. Sometimes the anxiety associated with some deep uncertainty of just not knowing can be worse than the challenge of addressing the thing itself. I can't help but wonder whether that all-too-human process of anticipation also impacted one Jesus of Nazareth. What was the awakening process underway as Jesus considered the growing awareness of his true calling and vocation? What had 30 years of life been preparing Jesus for? I think today's lesson 
gives some insight into that question and also insight into ourselves. Today's lesson, Be Mindful, retreats back to the very early days, the earliest days of Jesus' ministry. We've been moving around uh, during Epiphany uh, through Luke's Gospel, but today as we begin the season of Lent, we rewind, reset. We're back at the earliest days of Jesus' ministry to the fourth chapter of Luke's Gospel, and there we find Jesus, newly baptized, newly baptized by John the Baptist, still wet, from the Jordan River. The lesson opens. He returns from the Jordan. Okay? He returns from the Jordan River and in Luke's words was full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? He had just heard the words, You are my beloved Son, and with you I am well pleased. And those words must have still been ringing in Jesus' ear. But what did it mean? What did those words mean to him? How was he to understand this? If Jesus had suspicions that he was in fact now called to do something special, to do something really important, his experience with the Jordan River had to have removed all doubts about it, but did not answer yet the question, do something, yes, but what? But what? Well, the Jordan. The Jordan River, the place of baptism, and Judean wilderness, a place for testing. The Judean wilderness had long been a place of testing for Israel. It is stark, it is bare, the wilderness offered few distractions and fewer comforts to those who dared go into it. But in it, John lived. John the Baptist lived there. Luke doesn't describe John, but Mark does. John wears rough clothes, exists on a hunter-gatherer's diet, John is described as a man possessed. Okay? John held a singular devotion to duty, and he lived a life that said either God provided or John went without. And John's interaction with the people was solely for the purpose of calling them to repentance. John never sought their favor. And I suspect if John and Jesus had known one another during their grown-up years, and I think they surely did, I suspect Jesus could see that, that John was growing up into a most unusual man. John's wilderness seemed an appropriate place then for Jesus to go as well. Forty days. Luke tells us, shades of Israel's wandering for 40 years, echoes of Moses and Elijah's 40-day fasts. And of course, 40 days would become the church's 40-day season that we are embarked upon now, the season called Lent. Jesus went into this wilderness. Jesus went into his own wilderness in order to discern what the Father intended for him and to discern what the Father's intentions would entail. But if Jesus perceived that he had a unique role to play, so too did the sinister, darker angels of creation. They saw Jesus coming. Enter the Satan, the tempter, the accuser of God's joy in creation 
of the zenith of creation, men and women created in God's own image. The tempter understood God's plan as soon as it began. Satan knew, he knew that God would just try to save the one created in his own image. That's the way God's proven to be. And Satan, therefore, knowing that God would try to save us, sought to interrupt that plan as soon as it began. And that is why Satan trailed Jesus into the wilderness and there took on the most appealing forms possible. Temptation's always like that, isn't it? It always comes in the most appealing form possible. After all, who is tempted by that which they neither need nor desire? And so, Luke gives us three examples of the kinds of things by which Jesus was tempted. Now, surely there were more than three. I would call three temptations in 40 days a pretty good run for me. All right? But these are the kinds of temptations. Not to say there were only three, but these three are illustrative of what had to have been a remorseless barrage of temptation as Jesus tested that spirit with which Luke says he's now filled brimful. First hunger. Now few of us actually understand what true hunger consists of. Going unprovisioned into the wilderness, though, would have soon reminded Jesus that whatever he was, he was human. Even a few hours would have reminded Jesus of his humanity long before the harsher manifestations of starvation began to set in. But it was in the course of that physical experience that he first heard it. (laughs) He heard it first. Coming from his body. If you are the Son of God, satisfy that hunger, ease the pain by turning this stone into bread. Who spoke? Clearly, Jesus understood the temptation to be the devil. And so he responded, man does not live by bread alone. We are not like the other creatures in creation. We are more like God. Man does not live by bread alone. If God had something higher in mind, Jesus was there to discern it, and he would not use his power to curb his hunger. As powerful as the physical can be, thanks be to God, we humans are endowed with a capacity for self-sacrifice and aspirations beyond merely satisfying our biological wants and needs. By contrast, if a cow is hungry and there is food, the cow eats. Yet in the face of hunger, Jesus chose to fast. There would be pain as a result of that choice, but pain was not the issue. Then Jesus was given to consider all the kingdoms of the world. Power. Jesus' brand could be huge, the devil tells him. Bigger than Caesar's. Power to reign over 
and define the world given, granted by the power of the one who had authority to give it. I will give all this authority and their glory to you. Satan says, for it has been given to me and I give it to whom I choose. As if to say to Jesus, you will be a superstar. You can be great, but at what price? Jesus' response, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve only him. If Jesus had a weakness, now, by this point, we can tell that it was neither pain, the fear of pain, nor the quest for power that often enticed other men. Such humility, rare then as now. Uh, But in Jesus' last answer, perhaps, there it was. For in Jesus' last answer, he spoke of the Lord your God. Was Jesus' vulnerability his trust in God? I can almost hear the tempter saying, Oh, you speak of God. Let us talk of God then. Let us put God to the test, shall we? For you see, Satan can quote scripture too. Never forget that. The devil knows scripture better than you. The final test would involve God. And in fact, be God's own temple. The temple in Jerusalem. And it's high spire. If you are who you think you are, throw yourself off for, quoting scripture, he will command his angels to guard you. Would Jesus at length now finally take the bait? Starving, lonely, the timing seemed perfect. If Jesus would now yield, they could end it all right there. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. From Satan's perspective, surely things were not going well. This Jesus could bend. He was human and he was clearly hurting, but he would not break. Why was that? Jesus could be made hungry but still not eat. Jesus could see a path to power, but not take it. And finally, we are told Jesus trusted in God, but would not test God. Well, after the time of discernment, by our Lord it ended, we are then told the tempter departed to await another more opportune time. And Jesus did what? He reappeared from the wilderness, now steeled for the challenge, steeled for the test. Now Jesus knew the answer as to why he was upon this earth, what his identity was, his purpose. Jesus was ready and then began here at this point to proclaim the kingdom of God. And indeed, if you look in Luke's gospel, the next words out of Jesus' mouth, the very next time Jesus is speak, Luke writes, Jesus went back to Nazareth, straight to the synagogue, and the next time he opens his mouth, is heard 
these words before the congregation. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I have been anointed to proclaim good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, sight to the blind, give freedom to the oppressed, announce the Lord's favor. And then Jesus looked them in the eye and said, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So it began. So it began. Now Satan would surely take another shot at Jesus' human nature. Not for another three years. And then in a garden outside Jerusalem in Gethsemane where the stakes would be oh so much higher. But you see, until then, as Jesus proclaimed the good news and worked signs and performed miracles, Satan would cower in retreat. Indeed, this one was different, so different, that even demons would come to cry out, We know who you are! This one's trust would not be misplaced by the easy or the opportunity. This Jesus of Nazareth operated out of some strange kind of faith in the as-of-yet unfulfilled promises of God. The words of the prophets, fulfilled as he lived and taught. How far would Jesus be willing to take it, though? How far would he be willing to go? How far would Jesus take it? Only time, of course, would tell. And so I return to my question at the beginning. Have you ever had an experience where in the anxiety associated with not knowing something or perhaps trying to understand something that's not quite yet ready yet to be understood, in the end, prove for you more troubling than the actual problem itself? I have. Sometimes... In my experience, the anxiety of uncertainty, of not knowing, has proven worse than the challenge of addressing the thing itself. And whatever you call that thing, however you identify that thing, that will, that will likely be your personal wilderness. That will be your wilderness. A wilderness where we will be found by our tempter, that's where the devil will come there to test you so you see that's why I can't help but wonder whether that all too human process of discernment also impacted Jesus of Nazareth during those 40 days these 40 days of Lent let us pray the grace to do as Jesus did and not listen to life's sinister, darker angels, to the devils in our lives. Rather, let us own the words of Jesus' baptism. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are my beloved. Good advice this season of Lent, as we consider his cross, let us also consider our own. Amen. Amen. 
We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.